welcome to Active Quest episode 23. I'm your host, Joseph Yaden, and again, we're doing a two-man show. Uh, this week, I have uh, Josh Nichols with me. Hello, Josh. Hey, what's up, man? Nothing much. Um, we have to, this is, I guess, a trend now, so here we go. Hey, there <laughs> it is. And there you go. Let's see, what is today? Today is, God, they don't make, okay, here we go, lime, just lime, I guess. That's a lime. How is lime? I haven't had I don't lime. know. Let's see. Let's try it. Mmm. Tingly. Tingly? Yeah. For the listeners who maybe this is their first episode, this is this is a LaCroix, I guess. Or LaCroix. LaCroix. However you say My it. favorite so far is berry. I really, I really like berry. Berry. What kind of berry, though? Like, just... Is it just... Is it called just berry? Is that it? Yeah, it's just LaCroix berry. LaCroix berry. It, it, it's good. I, had, I like it. Whatever I had last week, Chris was not a fan of, for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, he said something. He described it. Uh, elegantly, I can't. I can't do okay. it justice. Anyway, uh, um, Chris is out in Phoenix this week, so that's awesome. I hope he has a good time. Hopefully, working on that that cowboy accent. Oh my god, yeah. So he's, I'm hoping that's the whole reason he's there. Yeah, he's not visiting the Grand Canyon, unfortunately. I think he's just visiting some friends. So we hope he has a good time. Um, we'll all three be back uh, next week to do our E3 predictions. But for this week, um, we're just gonna, you know, keep it light, just like last week with it being a two man show. I think we've got a special guest next week too. We can keep that into the pocket for now. We, but may, we do have a special guest. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens with that. I, I, you know, nothing set in stone with that yet. I don't think so. We'll have to, we'll, we'll let you guys know on Twitter and everything about that. Um, so Josh, how are things? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, had a, uh, Busy uh, week, uh, good week, uh, lot, lots of fun, play lots of fun games, so it's just mm-hmm. uh, very good week, and then of course I know we'll get into it in a second, but the news is all exciting for me this week oh, uh, man. with Nintendo. Yeah, this so. week's been really interesting, so we'll get into that shortly. Um, but- I like how like our favorite systems might differ a little bit, but we're all like, oh my god, Nintendo. Oh yeah. Like, we all love Nintendo. I think that's pretty universal, though, with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll talk about that shortly. Um, before we get into that, of course, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. Uh, we're working on other stuff, too. Uh, I know I mentioned last week we're still working on Patreon. We'll let you guys know about that. Thank you, everybody, for the support. Man, uh, <laughs> I, I forget who I want to—God, sh- I want to give a shout-out, but I can't remember who it was who— mentioned that uh that he was listening to our show or whatever and he, he really enjoyed it and i think you commented you were like you know we're gonna cry or whatever oh it was jeremy uh nerd alert yeah. nerd underscore alert underscore 91 yeah he's uh i think he's a writer at obelisk yeah so that was really nice of you jeremy to say that uh and i sincerely was tearing up with him doing that so thank you um yeah that was really nice we and 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 just a reminder if you guys listen to any kind of podcast or like watch any kind of youtuber if you're thinking like i probably should let them know i love their stuff just no like it'll it'll make their day feel free to shoot a message it's not weird Mm -hmm. i let them know that they're great yeah they will appreciate it um so yeah we're gonna uh talk about some stuff today uh there was a super mario maker 2 uh direct which, yeah, of course, that's like, man, dude, I think that's my most anticipated Nintendo game, so we'll talk about that. I'm so freaking excited, yeah. Uh, Acti- some interesting news about Activision and E3, but man, E3 is changing, so we'll talk about that. Um, Minecraft has sold a shit-dick-ass ton of copies, and so we'll talk about uh, a little bit about that. There was an interesting um, thing with that, too, uh, uh, where it may be the best-selling game of all time, uh, but... It's weird, so we'll talk about that. Um, but I think one of the bigger stories this week uh, was the Sony and Microsoft partnership um, for their you know cloud thing that they're doing. Um, it's a, it was a lot of like technical speak, so you know I'll do my best to sift through that. And Josh, if it's you filtered through a lot of PR, yeah, 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 yeah. And Josh, if you could translate that, I don't know if you if you can, that would be helpful. <laughs> but you know we can we'll figure that one out. It's uh, it's still pretty compelling anyway. Um, and then some more E3 stuff with Ubisoft, uh, and their game, uh, Skull and Bones, which has gotten delayed, sadly. And then finally, um, uh, j- just under, I uh, just, you know, at the 11th hour, we got this last story, uh, yesterday, I think, um, from Kotaku, Jason Schreier, of course, doing his excellent reporting, as he does, um, on the 2020 Call of Duty game, which, uh, me- you know, has gotten through some changes and some interesting stuff has been happening there. Um, so we'll get into that. Now, at the end of the show, of course, we always talk about what we've been playing. 
Um, and uh, I've been playing a lot of stuff. I've been playing some Everybody's Golf VR for review at PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, again, at the time of recording now, um, uh, embargo has not lifted, but by the time it posts, it will have lifted. So you guys, you guys will be able to listen to my thoughts on that. Um, I'll cover some final thoughts on Rage 2, which I also reviewed for PlayStation Lifestyle. And then I, play, I played uh, some Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright, and Grand Theft Auto 3, which is uh, a game that's very near and dear. Really, yeah, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on all yeah, these games. Yeah, near and dear to uh, my heart. Yeah. Um, and then Josh, you've yeah. been playing some Life is Strange and Hitman from uh, Hitman 2016, so that was sort of like the reason. Yes. Yeah. So we'll get into that. Super Mario Maker 2 stuff. Um, so yeah, of course we knew that we were getting a Super Mario Maker 2, or a, a sequel to Super Mario Maker for the Switch, um, and we got a little bit, uh, you know, we got like a little direct uh, solely dedicated to Super Mario Maker 2, and you know what's funny about that game is when the first Mario Maker came out, we were all just like, well, what more could they do with this, you know, in terms of like, right. in, in terms yeah. of like what's available to you and things like that. Well, man, they introduced a whole lot of extra stuff. Um, what was most notable to you in that direct, though? Uh, the biggest thing that stuck out to me, and I say this with all the love and the respect in the world for the first Super Mario Maker, like, that thing was the perfect game and just lightning in a bottle on a system that just, it, it, deserved, it deserved a bigger, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, audience, you know? Yeah. Um, but man, I love the first Mario Maker, but this game makes that look like a tech demo. Like, <laughs> just think... with the amount of features it has. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So, was there anything that stuck out to you, though? Uh, I really, 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 really like the, uh, not only there being a story mode, but I also really like, um, the, uh, the, the 3D world, uh, yeah. uh, uh, set, and, uh, you and I are talking on Twitter, and I'm hoping that maybe part of what we'll hear at E3 is a, a port of, uh, 3D world, like, from the Wii U, because that game is so good, yeah. too. Another great game on a, on a quote-unquote kind of, you know, failed system, yeah. uh, sales-wise, but yeah, so excited. There's a lot of games from the Wii U that, you know, we still haven't seen on, on Switch yet, like... Yeah, just pour all of them, because, like, honestly, my favorite thing to say about the Wii U is that system did not fail due to first-party output. Like, right. the, the game, everything Nintendo put on that, out on that was great yeah, I mean, like, for the most like, part. Pikmin 3 was incredible, like, that's a game yeah. that, like, a lot of people didn't play. And that's one that we still haven't seen, uh, like you said, Mario 3D World. But there are a lot of games that you know have gotten ported over, so I think maybe slowly they'll get there. But yeah, but that the fil- that that uh, I don't know what you'd call it, filter, like pl- not filter, like uh, a playset. I don't know whatever you want to call it. But yeah, being able to design uh, like worlds like this 2.5D yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. style looks really cool, and you can play as Cat Mario, which is super. That's cool. enough to warrant a sale from me. <laughs> and the uh, the there was just a lot of little tiny things. Man, Nintendo has always been just like the top company in my opinion with like just detail like just these the tiny little details like the sun and the moon and the effects they'll have in the levels and like oh this level it doesn't have gravity if you play at night or yeah. this this uh this theme just little tiny stuff like that it not only makes things fun from a discovery standpoint but also from a creation standpoint because it just it just creates so many more possibilities uh, for Mario Maker 2, mm-hmm. I remember a lot of people were like, man, Mario Maker 2 would be perfect if they just added slopes. They added a hell of a lot more <laughs> yeah, than just the slopes, slopes, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's interesting. Um, to me, I think the, the co-op is the most compelling thing, though. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, players are going to be able to play alongside their friends in multiplayer, uh, you know, through co-op. Now, one thing that was kind of ambiguous, or at least it is to me, is I'm. it's unclear on if it's like, on how it's going to work like locally versus online and if you're going to have to have the 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 what is it the nintendo online subscription thing i imagine you will um i think yeah they're, they're doing a bundle right where you can get like a but, year of it for like 10 bucks more which is uh, pretty yeah cool oh yeah deal. that's right i'm glad you brought that up yeah that makes sense but like can you play on the same system or is it sort of like I've always system. been pretty good at local co-op, yeah. so I would think you that would they'd think, probably have the. Yeah, I don't know. So you know, that's my my guess. That's a good question. That's a good question. Right. Yeah. And then uh, and then there's also a probably both, right? I would hope. I would so. guess. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, but then there's also like a versus mode too, which looks yeah. really interesting. It's that's a game that man, I think it being on Switch is going to be really huge because even on Wii U, there was a pretty big community. And, that game was crazy and, popular. And yeah, like, man, some yeah. of those levels were incredible. And now that I feel like, you know, the, the Switch, which has, what, like 35 million units out there, I think 
I think it's going to do really well. And I think you're going to find really, really interesting and creative levels for that. So This game is going to blow up on Twitch. Like, yeah. the first game blew up on Twitch. Yeah, this yeah, game's yeah. going to explode on Twitch. I, I only, I wish it was coming out a little bit sooner. I mean, obviously, right? But, like, I wish it was coming out in time for E3 so we could all play with each other while we're there. I think that yeah, would be really that would be fun. Cool. So, yeah. Um, and that does have a release date of, let's see, hold on. Oh, June 28th. June. June 28th. Yeah. So not that much longer, a little over a month. It off. was funny for me too. Cause I'm like, I mean, we already have two copies pre-ordered, but I mean, I'm, I'm excited for these details, mm -hmm. but like we were going to buy it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but yeah, very excited. And I, I love, I, I get so excited whenever Nintendo does a dedicated game direct, even if it's a game I'm not particularly looking forward to. It's still exciting. Right. You know, like, I'm really excited for, like, the fans. Just, it's cool that they're like, hey, we're going to talk about this game alone for 20 minutes. It's just, it's fun. Yeah. So, yeah, um, speaking of E3, let's move on here. Um, it looks like, uh, you know, as as it seems like a lot of companies are doing, um, Activision is not going to have a booth at E3. Now, just to be clear, this doesn't mean that they aren't going to have a presence in some way or, an, you know, some way or mm -hmm. another, but no booth. Um, and I've... Uh, their booth typically is pretty substantial. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, they, they usually have like some Destiny stuff, which obviously Destiny's not a part of them anymore. But you know, Destiny. Uh, um, They've always had one of the highest presences out of the third-party companies. Right. Yeah, Destiny and Call of Duty and all these games. So um, yeah, I've got an article pulled here from uh, GamesIndustry.biz. This is from Brendan Sinclair. It reads, "Quote: uh, Activision's on-again, off-again relationship with the E3 show floor is off again." As noted by Resetta, Reset Era user Ro Rosty, Rosty, the <laughs> I'm really bad at pronouncing names. I, I I feel like everybody has noticed that by now. But anyway, <laughs> um, by Reset Era user Rosty, the E3 exhibitor site has floor plans for this year's show at the LA Convention Center, with all the largest booth spaces accounted for, and the Call of Duty company is not among them. An Activision representative confirmed the company's plan, saying, quote, We won't have a traditional space on the show floor. We look forward to participating at E3 across a number of uh, oh yeah, across a number of activities, end quote. Um, instead of a booth, Activision will be talking with partners in private meeting rooms upstairs at the Los Angeles Convention Center, uh, much as it did in 2016. Activision also skipped E3 entirely in 20, uh, 2008. Uh, that was a smaller than usual edition of E3, and the first one back at the Los Angeles Convention Center after a one-year sojourn uh, in nearby Santa Monica. So I'm not going to read the rest of the article, but, but that's the point, yeah. Um, I think uh, even more, like, I think a, a, a grander picture here is just that companies are finding it less and less feasible and reasonable to be at E3 because it's just so expensive and it's just... Uh, I mean, especially imagine setting up a booth and paying for a booth space. It's just not worth it, you know? So what do you make of that? I mean, do you think it's a big deal that all these companies are pulling out? I mean, it, it bums me out. I mean, I, I, I work for a shift and have weekends off, but I still change my schedule around like at work so that I can be off for a lot of E3. Like, I mean, like I'm talking like I'll make I'll, I'll, I'll grab like, you know, some good beer or some good liquor and like i'll i'll like you know we'll, we'll either cook some good food or I'll, i mean for me it's for, for my wife and me it's like the super bowl you know what i mean like it's really exciting like i i look forward to e3 every year and you know that's when we're huddled around the tv and just really excited so i mean it's it's a bummer for me but at the same time i understand why some of these companies are uh doing that and at the same time uh nobody's permanently pulled out of e3 you know it's just this year well that's so it true. might just be that uh although my thinking and we talked about this, I think, maybe on Facebook or something. My thinking is, uh, by, uh, by the way things are going, it looks like maybe E3 won't even be a thing anymore, you know, in the next few years or several years or something like that. Because, I mean, what are you going to do if there are no if there are no companies there, you know, like if, if yeah, it, I think it's going to depend on how it goes for Microsoft and Bethesda and Ubisoft, because sure. they're, they're, those are three huge companies that are still going to be there. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to kind of depend on how. Do, do, do they feel, I mean, because I mean, I'm sure that they're still, earned, I'm, I'm sure that even though, though they're competitors, I'm sure there's still discussion on stuff that affects everyone. And I wouldn't be surprised if these companies, even Microsoft and Sony, have a discussion on like, hey, do you guys feel like that benefited you to not be at E3? Or did, you know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of conversation oh, like that behind the scenes. Absolutely. You know? I feel like it, it's benefiting somebody like, like Sony, you know, like they don't need to be at E3 at all. I mean, look, I think what they did there was really ballsy. And when it was first announced that they weren't going to be at E3, I think people flipped their shit 
but now in hindsight it's like oh yeah and then all these other companies are following suit ea you know and then now activision yeah i think we're just gonna i think this will be the kind of year where like we see how things are going to be long term because microsoft and in and bethesda and ubisoft they 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 might find that this is still this still creates enough uh i don't want to say free press because they're still paying to, to be there but i'm saying like they might find that this creates a lot of buzz for them yeah, yeah. that's worth it you know so i don't know yeah um it's hard for me to answer without being emotional and like not getting it, it's, it's hard for me to to just like be like purely like uh removed from it because like I, I i want this to keep happening like it's a fun thing yeah but at the same time i totally understand why some companies aren't aren't maybe doing it but i'm also hoping that maybe sony's just like we don't have too many crazy huge things happening this year so maybe we're not i think yeah i think e3 will definitely be around you know short term but i'm i'm yeah. kind of looking at it like bigger 10 bigger years picture. from now it might not be around yeah, yeah. exactly so, yeah, I'm very curious to see what next year's E3 lineup looks like. And we win either way, because if if, if inside Xbox, which is the, the quality's hit and miss, and I think state of play, I think universally, we could agree that's overall hit and miss. We've only had two, but I'm saying it's not, it's not, what I, my point is, these the Xbox and, and uh, PlayStation, their, their uh, videos uh, definitely aren't Nintendo Direct quality yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, it, it, what I'm getting at is, if, if, if we could have Nintendo Direct quality, from Microsoft and Sony on a regular basis, I would take that over E3. Right. You know? Yeah, because, I mean, most um, people don't go to E3, so what difference does it make if it's a press conference and they're on the show floor, if it's just a quick video? Because, yeah, know, like, like, you and I are just as excited about Nintendo at E3, even though they're not going to... Well, they're going to... Yeah, Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo has time, a booth there, but, you know, they don't have a press conference, which is fine exactly. with Exactly. They're, they're, they basically just do a giant direct. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it'll, so, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I thought that was a, a compelling little news story. So, yeah, yeah um, let's move on. now. Th- Especially with it being Activision. Right, yeah. Um, okay, so this is a weird one. Now, the, just to, just to you know, cover the, the main topic, it's that Minecraft sold 176 million copies, which is absurd. Now, the weird thing with this is that um, according to the most recent uh, report, on like the number two best-selling game of all time, which is Tetris, it sold like 170 million units or something like that. But but the problem is that it hasn't been updated since 2014, and so uh, it, just looking at the data, who knows? Yeah, yeah. So just looking at the data, Minecraft is the best-selling game of all time. But you have to take into consideration that Tetris, which is now I guess in second place, hasn't updated their their sales since 2014. So maybe it's a little bit closer or maybe you know tetris still is the best-selling game of all time i don't know but the reason i want to bring that up is because i actually reported on this story at playstation lifestyle and i i mentioned that minecraft's the best-selling game of all time but uh it gets weird because of the tetris thing with you know how, re- how i i personally yeah. still would consider it the best-selling game of all time and the reason i say that like well you're correct on the data there that that definitely does create like a, a potential you know maybe it's not but Minecraft overall has one version. Like, yeah, there might be some features that aren't in every version, but overall oh, there's one version. Yeah. Whereas Tetris is including like 50 different versions. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just throwing a number out there. I don't know. But I'm just saying there's a massive difference between Tetris Effect, Tetris Game Boy, Tetris DS, Tetris Party, and the Wii. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I still think it's it's equally impressive, at least equally impressive, that a game that came out not even 10 years ago and it essentially only has one version is at least what well, we could just say at least tied probably you know that's that's really impressive to me that minecraft's able to do that right yeah and i i wish uh you know whomever owns tetris would would put out uh more concrete numbers because uh that would definitely be kind of a compelling thing right like everybody says oh look how well minecraft is selling it then tetris comes out nope actually we're still the best like 300 million yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but nonetheless congratulations to to yeah. mojang and, and minecraft and everybody um you know i i th- i still think that game is awesome i'm not very good mm-hmm. at it uh i'm not good at creating stuff in that kind of sense um but yeah man i think i think those games are really cool i know we had a, a guest a few weeks ago from time hop podcast um and Tim, yeah, Tim, yeah, and he loves Minecraft, so that's uh, you know, it's just, it's just... and actually, time hop, time hop, uh, time hop podcast. Actually, that was just that was the game they covered last week too, mm. or this past week. Yeah. So if anyone is wanting to hear, um, uh, some, you know, then get like way in depth into it. That's uh, David had never played it before, so that'd oh, be an interesting wow. thing to hear. Yeah, Tim's like all in, and David's like, I'm aware of what it is, but never played it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Um, so but yeah, it's 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 a crazy game because I mean it's one of those things where like you can get what you put into it, mm-hmm. you know, back. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's move on here. Now this is the this is the big story here. Um, this is uh, let's see who is this from. This is from oh just Microsoft. Okay. Um, Sony and Microsoft to explore strategic partnership. Um, and it was so funny because a lot of people were like, you know, oh, co- the console war is dead or whatever. I, I don't know. It was just kind of funny to see people's reactions to this. Um, so again, this is really technical stuff. And I'm going to be honest, I am not intelligent enough to, <laughs> to understand <laughs> 100% of what's being said here. And I imagine that's the case with a lot of people because this is just like, you know, weird stuff. But I'll, I'll do my best here. Okay. So it reads, uh, quote, uh, Sony Corporation and Microsoft Corporation announced on Thursday that, th- that the two companies will partner on new innovations to enhance customer experiences in their direct-to-consumer entertainment platforms and AI solutions. See, I don't really know exactly what that means, but we'll, we'll continue nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> under the memorandum of understanding signed by the parties the two companies will explore joint development of future cloud solutions in microsoft azure 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 to support their respective game and content streaming services in addition the two companies will explore the use of current microsoft azure data center based uh, or based solutions for Sony's game and content streaming services. By working together, the companies aim to deliver more enhanced entertainment experiences for the world for their worldwide customers. These efforts will also uh, include building better development platforms for the content creator community. Uh, yeah, let's just end it there. Okay. So, bottom line from what I've gathered this means is that they're partnering to with one another to work on some cloud gaming stuff for their community and who knows really what that entails but the fact that they're working together to me says that they really don't want google stadia to catch on that's what that's what i've gathered that's that's something i see too i think they realize this is i don't think i don't think this is going to replace traditional console gaming I, i think the resistance is just too big against that And i also don't think that companies want that to happen I think companies just realize that this could be a, a good, uh, uh, like, uh, pillar, you know, in, in, in their spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there was kind of rumors before that Microsoft may potentially have a uh, much cheaper successor to the Xbox One that is essentially just for something like this. And wild. it would be a lot cheaper. And, like, that would be cool because people might not care. Like, they, they're like, yeah, I've got good internet. Let's do it. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll buy a $100 but, box to just stream yeah. this. So I think they just recognize this is something that's going to happen. We might as well be ready for it. And I think that Microsoft and Sony being competitors in the console space are essentially just kind of uh, being kind of set aside because Sony also recognizes that as far as like, you know, servers and and, and cloud cloud, uh, computing and, you know, AI and stuff like that. I think Sony recognizes like that's something Microsoft is very good at and can help with. Yeah. Now... My my thing with this though is like, what does this mean though? Is this like a new box? Is it just like a like a like a platform? Is it? I mean, I can't imagine that they would partner together to make a new console to get. You know, that doesn't seem. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think Sony's going to use Microsoft's infrastructure for their streaming. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's that's what I think. Exactly. And maybe they'll do something like it was rumored for Microsoft. Like maybe we'll have maybe we'll see like a a much cheaper uh, option. For the PS5, we're like, hey, this is just for streaming games, mm. you know. But like, it's cheap and it, it Man, works. That would that know? would be really, that would be really weird in terms of like the profit. Like, how would that? I don't know. I just have all these questions about like how that yeah. would work from a yeah. business perspective when both of these companies are competitors, right? It just seems kind of odd. So I think it's a it's a story that's worth reporting on. But I have a lot of questions, and also I would like a more clear representation of what's actually going on because i don't know what you know microsoft azure ai technology means like i don't i'm sorry like, <laughs> so um but i'm curious to see what that turns into you know what we what that actually what that project is going to be like you know that partnership there so yeah um moving on here let's talk a little bit about ubisoft so a couple things to mention with ubisoft um the first thing is that their game uh, skull and bones uh was delayed and won't be at e3 this year um, I think it was, yeah, it's delayed, I think, till next year or something. I don't even know. That game is one, that game has been in development for so long, and it's kind of one of those things where it's just, like, shit or get off the pot, you know? Like, mm-hmm. man, yeah. like, 
Obviously, no studio wants to keep a game in development for that long, but like, man, I don't know. I guess it got scrapped. Or... Well, it's also weird because in the in the time in the era where like, you know, they'll update games as a service for a long time. It's confusing why they wouldn't almost just release this and then whatever whatever they're wanting to well, keep working on, keep keep working. I on think it. the point though is that Ubisoft has like a, a quality that is pretty high compared to some other companies, mm-hmm. and I, I I don't you know I'm not gonna I don't want to say any names cough ea cough (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like you know they probably don't want uh, another anthem on their hands right where like you know or they're trying to avoid like the beginning of the first division's launch or the original launch of uh, siege yeah because siege is fucking great now but when it first launched it was kind of you know kind of yeah bare bone yeah so i i get i get it it's just yeah that makes it's sense. just man point. you have to weigh like canceling a game versus continuing to, to develop it and all this stuff so hopefully we'll see that one soon it looks interesting i like pirates and naval combat and all that um but yeah but the other thing that i think the the the, no, the more notable story here is that um ubisoft has three unannounced games this fiscal year um so i've got an article pulled here from playstation lifestyle this is from aiden simmons Um, And it reads, quote, Ubisoft will release three unannounced AAA games in the current fiscal year, the publisher has revealed. The news was announced in Ubisoft earnings report for its fiscal year of 2019. The three titles will release in the fourth quarter of its fiscal year, which takes place during January and March of 2020. In the report, Ubisoft said it predicts a, quote, strong growth with the release of four AAA games, or four AAA uh, titles in the 2020 fiscal year, which ends in April of 2020. One of those titles is the recently announced Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which will release in October of 2019. However, it specifically mentions, quote, three unannounced titles for the fourth quarter of the fiscal year. Um, And then it goes on to, like, speculate on what that could be um so yeah i kind of wanted to get your take on this i'm thinking all right this is wishful thinking of course but i'm thinking uh for sure watchdogs and maybe splinter cell and then just crazy just me just wishful thinking uh prince of persia those are my three those are my three games uh what about you what were you thinking on this Uh, i'm thinking along the same lines but i'm thinking definitely splinter cell so you think more um, I, so like here's the thing with you though with that though because it was teased recently but then it was like oh ha 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 just kidding yeah, that was a joke yeah. like okay or you guys just weren't supposed to say anything i don't could, you know what i mean like maybe could be could maybe. be and my thing is that i've been let down so many like i'm pretty sure the past three e3s we've been like oh yeah probably new splinter cell probably new splinter cell mm-hmm. and then every time ubisoft uh, press conference comes and goes no no splinter cell you know yeah. And I thought for sure last year it would be announced because uh, Sam Fisher was in um, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's so I right. thought that was like a sure indicator, you know, that it would be there. But no dice. Um, yeah. So I think those two. And then the article. I think for sure Splinter Cell. I think for sure Rayman. Mm-hmm. And then I think. Uh, oh, Rayman. I didn't think about Prince of Persia, but that makes well, sense. I could see a new Prince man, of Persia. Man, like I think Rayman is probably more likely. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe like a launch title. I mean, because we haven't seen one in like. Six years now? No, five years? Yeah, five years. Uh, Rayman Legends came out in 2013 or 14? 13 on the Wii U. Okay, yeah. I know for sure. So... Yeah, I th- yeah, for like six years. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a new Rayman. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's it's fantastic. They're, they made an engine for it, you know. So I'm sure it wouldn't be that hard to have one out by now, right? right. I mean, and I think Watch Dogs Three is a for sure bet on that. I think it's gonna. And I haven't played Watch Dogs yet, but I heard a lot of people say, "Man, one was dope, but like two was." Man, amazing. play. I've heard like two was really play great. two. Two was really good, and two is in San Francisco, and I have a really soft spot for San Francisco, and obviously, you know. That's where all you know all these tech companies are and stuff. But man, they did a really good job mm-hmm. with the with their rendition of the city. I think it's a great game. Okay, um, yeah, I'll have to check it out. The other game that uh, that could be I don't know it maybe uh, is uh, Beyond Good and Evil Two. Now, uh, somewhere Chris just screamed. and doesn't know why. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's very excited for that. I mean, especially isn't that going to be? Correct me if I'm wrong, please. But isn't that episodic? No, I don't know that it. Aren't... I don't think they've said. We don't know. But, okay. But but I think the point on that one is that it's just so. It, I think that one is probably going to be a PS5 game um, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, ne- the next PlayStation um, because it's just, it, it's like really early still, I think, but some mm-hmm. people maybe are speculating that it could be Beyond Good and Evil 2. I would say probably not on that. I think Rayman, Splinter Cell, and Watch Dogs, maybe. 
or Rayman. Yeah, Sto- I, I definitely think Rayman. Yeah, like I think Rayman's a guarantee. I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. That's a, that's a good thought. So yeah, we'll we'll know in about a year from now. Hopefully, new Splinter. I never pl- I never played Splinter Cell, but like I've I've seen people play them. They look like fun games. I want to. Oh play. man, I remember Chaos Theory was huge. Man, Xbox. Splinter people Cell is so fucking cool. That. that oh man, you're missing out. The most recent one is Blacklist, which is actually a great game, but a lot of people have quote blacklisted it <laughs> because <laughs> because it doesn't have the original uh voice voice, voice actor, actor um michael ironside uh i forget who they got to do the voice work in this one but it, that just went backwards compatible like last year in xbox one so i yeah, should check man, that and, one and, the easiest one to and check conviction out. i think is backwards compatible as well which conviction is fucking rad that game okay that game will kick you in the is balls. there a bad spot to jump in or just grab one of those and play like well, do i have to start from the first I one i don't know see the, the thing that you might run into is that if you play one of the more recent ones it may it may feel like more modern and then if you like go back it may be like sort of downgrading oh, yeah so, okay so you know what you're right so yeah, i don't know i should probably just try to start with the earlier ones first know. so that way i don't ruin them yeah, for myself you maybe know? Yeah. i would say maybe either like double agent or or conviction you don't need to play all of them i don't think the first one holds up as well People might be mad at me saying that, but anyway, I aren't they kind of like Metal Gear? Like well, they're, they're, they're Metal Gear, but less weird. It's like a okay. it's like a more like with a coherent. Story. Yeah, yeah, it's like more cohesive than Metal Gear, which you know. So it's Metal Gear with all the Kingdom Hearts stuff pulled out. Of <laughs> Chris is like, Chris. "Fuck you guys!" Always oh, talking <laughs> shit about Kingdom Hearts. So anyway, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, I'll check those out, and uh, I I want that to happen. Even if I, even though I, I haven't played them, it'd be exciting because I've heard so many people, including yourself, talk about how like, you want a new Splinter Cell so bad. So that'd be cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, let's close the show, or not the show, but let's close the news section um, out with this interesting story that, like I said, just came in yesterday. So we uh, we barely got this one in. Um, this is from uh, Kotaku, Jason Schreier, of course. Uh, sources say that Call of Duty 2020 in upheaval as Treyarch takes over and plans for Black Ops 5. Now, this is compelling for obvious reasons, but but also like we normally don't know about the next or you know the the next Call of Duty until that year, right? So mm-hmm. this is really interesting that we seemingly already know what next year's Call of Duty is, and then we probably know what this year's is. It's, it seems like it's Modern Warfare 4, uh, based on you know all the leaks and rumors and reports and everything. Um, so yeah, this reads, quote, uh, Next year's Call of Duty has gone through a major upheaval, as publisher Activision informed developers this week that studios Raven and Sledgehammer, which had, now, uh, which had until now led the project, will no longer be in charge. Instead, according to three people familiar with the goings-on at the companies, Treyarch will lead development on a new Black Ops for 2020. It's a significant shift for Activision's massive first-person shooter franchise, which is one of the most lucrative video game series, uh, series on the planet. Every fall for the past 15 years, Activision has put out a new Call of Duty game, supported by a stable of different uh, developers who rotated duties as required. Since 2012, Activision has followed a three-year cycle for its three lead studios, Infinity Ward, Treyarch, and Sledgehammer. Um, And then it lists, like, all the Call of Duty games since uh, 2012. Um, For 2020, Activision had originally switched things up, assigning the Wisconsin-based studio, or the Wisconsin-based support studio Raven to take a leadership role alongside Sledgehammer to make a Call of Duty game set during the Cold War, likely involving Vietnam. As as of a as of very recently, that's changed. Now Treyarch, based in Santa Monica, California, is in charge of leading Call of Duty Black Ops Five for 2020. So yeah, man, this seems like it has like concrete been confirmed. Okay, at least mm-hmm. by these sources. According to those briefed on the uh, on the overhaul, Treyarch will take creative leadership uh, on this new Black Ops, while Raven and Sledgehammer will serve as support studios for the game, transforming the work they've uh, done on their own single-player story mode into a campaign for Black Ops 5, which will also be set uh, during the Cold War. Um, this this may be a welcome return for fans who criticize the lack of a campaign in Black Ops 4. Uh, it will likely be a cross-gen game to coincide with the launch of the next PlayStation and Xbox, which are also expected in the fall of 2020. Okay, so there's more to the article. Uh, please give Kotaku the click for that. I don't want to steal that from them. But yeah, uh, man, that's freaking wild. So I think for, I mean, as the article mentioned, the past 15 years, whatever, you know, uh, Call of Duty has been pretty consistent, and while, yeah, I'm sure there have been a lot of uh, issues during development and crunch and all this, uh, 
they aren't a studio we think of, or, you know, Activision and all these studios aren't ones that we typically think of when, like, thinking of delays or, you know, like, major issues yeah, like this. Yeah, they're, they're like clockwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, I don't want to like undermine. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of shit going on at those studios that we just don't know of, right? But mm-hmm. but I guess the point. This is really wild to me that they're mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say scrapping, but they're they're like almost like scrapping next year's Call of Duty to make it into something else. I don't. Something had to have been going on, like really. Which they don't usually scrap stuff. I'd like to remind everyone of Activision's first entry when they wrote the publisher of Wolfenstein, and I would also like to remind everyone of every everyone of uh, x-men destiny which also was not good and <laughs> didn't test well internally and then finally i'd like to remind everyone of uh doom back when activision owned the rights to doom when bethesda acquired them the newest doom was essentially what they described finished but they were like it doesn't feel like doom start over yeah i'm just saying like they don't usually do this they're usually like i yeah, release it sell it we'll try again next year there's always or more you money know to be like made. the I, didn't they publish uh, the most recent tony hawk game as well yeah, and they quickly got it out before they lost the rights to it, and that entire fucking game has to be downloaded, essentially. Like, even if you buy a physical copy, you're pretty much downloading the entire game from the internet because they got that finished, like, in the 11th hour. Mm-hmm. And I've almost bought that a couple times on sale because of nostalgia, but everyone in, the, in, in yeah. all the reviews on Xbox was like, do not buy Dude, this game, I just pulled please. up a... Uh, oh, my God. I pulled up just reviews. IGN gave that game a 3.5 out of 10. Holy shit. Yeah, which yeah. is such a bummer because, man, like, as somebody who knows nothing and has no outside interest in skateboarding dude tony hawk 2 and 3 and 4 and the, like those are great games those are awesome games there's no reason for 5 to not be good yeah. um so but let's bring it let, but yeah so this is definitely uh you're like you said this is this is crazy this is weird this doesn't usually happen yeah and so I'm, i have a lot of thoughts like like what number one what was going on with that game where they where they mm-hmm. deemed it like unfixable basically you know and 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 their only solution was okay, bring Treyarch in. So there's that. But then also, what about what Treyarch was already working on? Is that is that just paused? Is that paused? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, is were they paused? already working yeah. on something else, or is that what they were working on? Now they're just shifting it up a year. Well, if that's the case, yeah. Well, now they're releasing a game a year early, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so what Crunch. what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> like, yeah. I just have so many questions. And it's it's weird too because. Um, Overall, I know there's some very passionate fans in the Call of Duty fan base, and it, it is admittedly uh, a gap for me. Like, I've played some of the games, but not all of them, so it's definitely a gap I need to fill as far as uh, what I haven't experienced in a franchise. But I will say, from what I understand, even, like, the quote-unquote, like, bad Call of Duties are still universally, like, it was at least pr- pretty good, right? I mean, like, I've never been told, like, not to play a Call of Duty a game at all. I've just heard, like, this one's better yeah. than that one, but that one's I still think, good. I th- so I'm just wondering what caused this game to just be scrapped, essentially. Yeah, and again, I don't know that scrapped is the right term terminology. I don't I don't know exactly what happened, but, like, whatever is going on, it's it's really, it's bad. Something. That game had to be in yeah. trouble, man. So, yeah, I am I'm really curious to see what that, like, it, is there a universe in which that game comes out and it's good? I don't know. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it seems like they're, like, mashing these stories to get, like, the single-player story why? together. And why? Was it shifted because of quality, or was it was it shifted because of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, financial mm-hmm. incentives? Mm-hmm. Was it more like, oh, this game will not make as much money in MXTs? Cor- yeah, it could be. You know, also, type thing? If, Who knows? If, if the rumors are true that next year is launch of uh, next-generation hardware, maybe mm-hmm. there's some sort of issue with that where you know like yeah, like may- cross generational games i feel like maybe are a little bit more complicated to make right so cuz you have to make a bunch of, you have to essentially you're basically making whatever the lowest gen is right and then just making it look yeah. prettier or whatever on the next version Upscaling yeah because and, yeah, yeah, yeah because you don't uh, then other if it's two totally separate skews you know then it's complicated you're abandoning an entire already yeah, yeah. established massive player base so, yeah um i'm excited about black ops 5 but i'm troubled for whatever this means slash meant for whatever right happened to cause trouble yeah you know so man i hope it doesn't involve layout i don't know i don't know well i'm sure we'll hear more about it uh in the coming months uh, in terms of what actually went down with that but if if people are in trouble or if people are losing their jobs i really hope that that's not that yeah yeah, i really hope that's not happening so or maybe 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 they'll be absorbed by Treyarch. Hopefully, yeah, you know what I mean. Be. Maybe maybe they're quote unquote fired from this studio, but like Activision just puts them over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't um, know. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. 
with that. Uh, yep, okay, so that closes out the news. Uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about some golf and some Hitman. All right, everybody, and we are back. Um, so, Josh, uh, you still hanging in there with me today? How you doing? Oh, yeah, I am looking forward to grabbing my Switch off the charger because, man, that battery life. Mm. And playing some more uh, Yoshi today, too. Man, I wish there was a way to, like... I mean, I'm sure there is to, to put in your your own battery, like your own, like a new battery or something like that. They've got little, like, cases that, like, oh, yeah. like kind of, like, attach to it, too, that help, but... I don't know. I would honestly pay an extra $100 for like, hey, this Switch does everything the last one did, but uh, the battery is like 10 times yeah. better. Yeah, because it's just Cause like, like, it's like, is it even worth it to take out when it's going to die in two hours? Like, ugh, I might as well just, you know, bring my VR. Yeah, or... that's the only reason I don't play in handheld super often mm-hmm. because like it, the battery, man. Right. But yeah, a lot of great games though. So I mean, it, it evens out. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what you've been playing. Um, Josh, do you want to start? You want to talk a little bit about what you've been playing recently? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... So, um, I'll start with, uh, Hitman 2016. Man, so, so awesome. um, it's, oh my god, it's so good. So, I should start by saying, I, uh, speaking of gaps in, uh, my game knowledge and what I've played, Hitman is a huge gap. Uh, I've never really played the Hitman games. I've got Blood Money from Games of Gold, like, the 360, uh, version, so it's something I want to play at some point. I've heard Blood Money's good. Yeah, it's but okay. I, uh, it's not the best one. I, I, I played a little bit of Absolution, because it was free of plus, I think like a long time ago and I played it in PS3. Um, I was enjoying it. My roommate at the time kind of dissuaded me from playing it. He was like, yeah, it's good, but it's not Hitman. So that made me go like, well, I should play this one first-ish. You know, like I should come back this way down the road after I play more of these because I don't want to give myself a uh, uh, a weird kind of like preconceived, like this is what Hitman is, you know? Mm-hmm. But and that's kind of what I heard from the community, like after I read about it later too, was like, yeah, Absolution's great, but it's not really very- But, but what about Hitman 2016? How did you feel about that one? So, yeah, uh, I originally just started playing it because uh, a podcast I listen to that I love is called Watch Out for Fireballs. And uh, they, uh, the one of their latest episodes was on Hitman 2016. And uh, they'd never played uh, this one before, but, like, it looked really cool. It was kind of on the radar. Um, and then they both played through it, and I, I, I've been listening to them talk about it for uh, the, over the course of the, their episode. I, I stopped listening when they got into, like, the more nitty-gritty details and finished generalities because I was like, this sounds really good. Like, I want to go buy this and play it. And I was about to buy it, but then it was in Game Pass, so I just downloaded it in there. And uh, yeah, it's really good so far. I'm only like five hours in, I think, if I remember correctly, for my game time. But uh, it's it's really good. I love how it's just this gigantic fucking like uh, sandbox. Yeah. Like, how this this is your goal, and you can approach it any way you want. Go. And one of the things I love about it is it reminds me of Breath. Of I was Wild. just gonna say and that. I, I was yeah, just I was gonna, gonna say, say hang that. on, because I promise this will. Yeah. So you know where I'm going yeah. with this. If you think you can do it, you can do it. And I love that in a game. We want, I want more games where like, because I happened, that happened to me so much in Breath of the Wild. I'm like, I wonder if I can do, yes, you can do that. And then and that's so that's satisfying when you finally do it, you know? Yeah, because you're like, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know. It was always fun in a game when you're like, can I, can I do it this way? And then like you do and you're like, oh, cool. That was great. Um, it's just so much fun. And then when you look it up online, you find out you did it quote unquote, like not wrong, but not like the best way. everyone else did it like this. And you're like, oh, and then, and then that other way that everybody else did, it's really cool too. And it's just fun to, so I actually did the prologue like numerous times. Cause I was like, man, this is so cool. Just getting to redo this scenario in different ways. And then for anyone unfamiliar with it, there's uh, challenges that you can uh, do. Uh, they're called, I think they're called opportunities. And they're basically like, you know, um, uh, so briefly, I'll, I'll try to make this. I don't want to. There's so many details in this game. I could talk about it forever. But in the prologue, you end up uh, one of the, one of one of the the guy you're trying to kill, right? He's having a meeting with somebody when you when when it's the most opportune time to kill him. One of the opportunities is you can kill the other guy and you can take his clothes and you can be, pretend to be uh... him. And then you can show up to the meeting and be like, Hey, what up? It's me, the guy <laughs> you're meeting with. Psych. And, like, yeah, there's just so many cool ways to approach everything. This game's, like, almost, like, unlimited in terms of entertainment value. So, yeah, it's really cool. Like I said, I'm, like, five hours in, and I know this game is going to be, like, something I'm going to be playing for a while, but I know I'm going to buy the sequel. Right. Um, I was going to buy the first one to support it, too, but then they have a thing you can buy where it pretty much just puts the first game into the second game, and you can replay everything from the first game in that engine yeah. and with those changes. So I'm going to do it like that to support the developer, but I'm going to buy that. 
But uh, yeah, it's very good. If anyone's on the fence about this game, uh, check it out. It's on sale on PSN and Xbox here I and think, there, and then it's also a game. I think Pass. Hitman 2016 was also a PS Plus game at one point as well. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. So you've had, if you've had Plus for a long time, probably it's probably in there too. So uh, I'm with you on everything you said. I think those games are fantastic, but there's one thing that drives me crazy about both of them. Uh, and it, it, it keeps me up at night. I can't sleep because of this. Neither of those games have a platinum trophy. And it makes me want oh, to geez. fly out to wherever these games are. I guess it's IO Interactive. Fly out there and not bang on their door and be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Why doesn't this game have a platinum trophy? Why do-? And Greg Miller is probably already there, so you'll have backup. <laughs> yeah. Because he also doesn't like when, when, when they do that. Oh, God. It makes. And it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's weird. Because, yeah. like, it's just it's not hard to be like oh you got all the trophies here's a yeah, platinum. Yeah, it's I think it's just a check uh, uh, box I need to tick. Like it's the e- it's it's the easiest plat it's the easiest out of all the trophies to do because it's just the you got all the trophies. Right. You know it doesn't require anything any thought like they could just yeah. do it. Yeah. So anyway. So that's weird. Um, cool. What else have you been playing? So I've also been playing Life is Strange. Uh, two episodes ago on episode twenty one, uh, Chris uh, when we were talking about what we've been playing. Uh, Chris encouraged me to play Life is Strange when I told my told you guys I tried playing it, but just you know I was just having trouble playing it. Um, I finished playing it um, yesterday, uh, Saturday, May eighteenth, and uh, really uh, really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's definitely one of those games where I think the um, the sum is greater than all the parts added up. You know, sure. like it's it's got flaws, it's got issues, but like just overall, it was a a really really solid game, and I. I really enjoyed it. Um, my hang-up before, and I mentioned this specifically in case anyone's like, oh, I tried to play that, but my hang-up on before was the dialogue just felt so off and weird. Yeah, and it's, like, just, really just... weirdly written. It's as if, like, obviously they're trying to capture, like, what a, you know, a, a teen would talk like or whatever, but it's it's a, it's as if they didn't actually have a teen nearby or that they didn't have any reference for that. Yeah. They just were like, I think this is probably what they talk like, you know? So it feels almost like... And it doesn't even take place, like, in a, like... In a, a forgotten era, we have no reference. This this game takes place like in the mid two thousands, what yeah. it seems like, maybe two thousand ten. Yeah, you know, it doesn't take place that long ago. It takes place like now, basically. Right. So I'm with you on the writing thing, but I think yeah, I think you're right. It, the the bigger general picture is that yeah, man, it those games are really cool, and I love the interesting like time travel kind of deal you can do. And yeah, I mean, you know, the gameplay itself is fine. It's sort of telltale ish, right? Uh, yeah, I, I would argue that it, it left a bigger impact on me than than most Telltale games too, and that's not a, that's not a discredit to those games. Those are great games, but I'm saying um, I feel like this came out around the Telltale era, and so it made it might have gotten a little like buried. Yeah. But like this is something that like if you like a narrative focused game, check this game out. It goes on sale a lot. I bought it digitally like two years ago. That might have been free like on PS bucks. Plus as well at one point. I think. Oh, there you I, go. So you might even have it. I, on I, plus. I, I'm can't I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but I have a copy of it, and I'm like I don't remember ever buying this. So <laughs> could be. Yeah. Yeah. So de- definitely, if your hang up was the dialogue, just 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 power through. Um, and one thing I want to mention too is the second episode. I think was probably like the uh, I don't want to say it wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it's the worst episode of all five. Like the pacing was just really weird in the second episode. So out, out of all five episodes, it, it does pick up again after uh-huh. that uh, second episode lull. Um, I'm gonna go into a lot more detail on this with uh, Chris Penwell. Uh, on uh, well, we're we're so we're, okay. We we've talked to you all about our uh, we're launching our Patreon soon. We're going to do a uh, separate series. We're still kind of working out on a name. We were going to call it Side Quest, but then Chris <laughs> and I were talking. That's taken by a lot of places. Yeah, unfortunately. And we don't, we don't want to cause any confusion. So it, we're still working on a name. Um, but we're, it's essentially going to be a separate series. We're going to do the first few episodes, probably the first three. Um, it's going to be, be usually two of us because it helps with time, and I'll tell you why. Um, we're going to essentially either replay the entire game, if it's a story-based game, and if it's not a story-based game and it's more gameplay-focused, then maybe we won't replay the entire game, but we'll replay, we're going to replay enough of it to be able to discuss it uh, in detail and without any uh, gaps in discussion, essentially. Yeah. And the way it's going to work, um, I mentioned Watch Out for Fireballs earlier. If you want a good point of reference, it'll be a lot like that. We're going to discuss the generalities of the game, and then we're going to kind of go through the game uh, specifics, and then we're going to kind of give our general overall thoughts on it. Uh, think of it kind of like a book club, but with games. Yep. Um, so that's why we're doing it two of us at a time. Uh, I've got a little bit more time, I think, than Chris and Joseph, so I'll probably be on every episode. And then each the person that picks the game out is going to be the host. 
Uh, Life is Strange is going to be our second episode. And again, the first three episodes are going to be uh, free and in our regular feed. And then they're going to be behind our $5 a month uh, Patreon tier. We're doing the first three free. That way you get everybody a taste uh, and, and how uh, uh, the tone is. Because uh, one of those I'll be picking out and hosting. One, uh, Life is Strange, Chris will pick out and host. And the third one will be Joseph hosting and uh, game he picks out. And that way you can kind of get a good feel for like, you know, Maybe you prefer one of us hosting, or prefer you know one of our you know one of our maybe maybe you prefer Joseph's picks for games, oh, God. Or you know. <laughs> so that that'll be kind of a good way for you to kind of gauge like, do I want to support them at the five dollar tier or not? So um, yeah, so we're gonna go into a lot more detail on this. Yeah, we're still um, working soon. out the kinks Chris, for it. Right. Yeah, so Chris and I will be discussing this in detail in the next probably month or two. So uh, otherwise, I'd go into more detail. But yeah, going into more detail and everyone. That listens to us really hear that episode but yeah in short though like if you're wanting to play a really good game I, I would highly recommend it and like joseph said it is uh most likely was a playstation plus game so you probably uh already own it on playstation or again it goes on sale a lot but yeah definitely check it out especially if your hang up was like mine which was the dialogue yeah. um so anyway yeah go ahead joseph you i know you got some good stuff uh, yeah so i am currently reviewing um everybody's golf vr for playstation lifestyle um and so for those who don't know, it's, you know, it's uh, in the game. same universe, of course, <laughs> as everybody's golf, but, you know, obviously from first person point of view and you're using the DualShock or motion controls um, to swing your club and hit the ball. And it's really, mm. really cool and immersive and I'm really bad at it. <laughs> and it's just, it's like really beautiful and you're in this world and you're just looking around and it's so relaxing and you don't have monsters coming at you and killing you and like trying to eat your head off or anything like that. Wait, can you, can we back up? Uh, I'm sorry, monsters <laughs> trying to eat you and kill you? Wait, what What just happened? Is, is that when the sun sets? No, I said there are no monsters. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> what game is I this? I said there, it's relaxing because there are no okay, monsters okay. who are trying to kill you and eat you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pictured like it's really chill, relaxing until the sun sets and then it's like Breath of the Wild. That would something. be really okay. interesting. I think, uh, huh. They could maybe do that. And I know that you were a big fan of the non-VR game. I just want to ask, is this a separate game or is this a VR mode for separate that game? Separate game. It's a separate SKU. Okay. Uh, it's got its own trophies, which it does have a platinum, thankfully. If cool. everybody's VR can have a platinum, surely Hitman can, but what the fuck do I know? Um, <laughs> I love how salty you are about God. that. And, man, I just... Here's the thing with everybody's golf. It's probably... Re- it's... It's really niche, right? And so Mm -hmm. it may not be for you. And so surely then the VR version won't be for you either. It's like double Double niche. niche, Yeah. But if you're really into VR, well, if you're really into everybody's golf and you have a VR, it's like a no brainer. Of course you should purchase this. I think it's only like 30 bucks or something too. Um, But would you put this like in the handful of games you recommend to a new PSVR. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, and what's cool about it is that it makes sense, right? Like you don't have to really like know about the lore or whatever. Like there is no lore, you know what I'm saying? Like, as opposed to something like, I don't know, maybe like Wipeout, which is a really great VR game, but you know, it's hard and I don't know that that's as accessible or, you know, Mm -hmm. even something like Moss, I feel like, which is a, a beloved VR game. So you're saying it requires a lot less investment yeah, like for you the just, same kind of you fun. You just go pick the course and you hit the ball into the thing, and you'll probably miss a lot because it's really hard. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like we, you know, like you put it into anybody's hand, grandma's hands, you know, and she gets it. So I think in that regard, it it's really accessible, you know. So even people that maybe necessarily don't necessarily play a lot of games could still enjoy. This oh game. yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it gets really weird cool. though. Like there are sections in between holes where you're like hanging out with your caddy. God, and like there is this point. Uh, actually, I don't want to spoil it. I'll just tell you that it gets really, really weird, and it's just like the dialogue between you and your caddy. I don't know, man. It's so odd. I mean, you're selling me. You're like this niche, niche golf game gets. Do weird. you have a PSV? Like, oh, I don't think, okay. Do you have a VR unit? Yeah, okay. I do. I love VR. And yeah. do you like um, everybody's golf? I haven't played it, but like you're making me want to play it. Huh. Like, whenever, each week you talk about it, and you're like, guys, I can't sleep. I'm fishing <laughs> in my golf game. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's, okay, you know. It's uh, it's not for everybody. I'll put it that way. I mean, you know, some people need... Well, wait, it's everybody's yeah, golf. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, I've been playing that. Uh, review should be live on... Probably, yeah, by the time you hear this, it should definitely be live on PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, and then I wanted to give my final thoughts on Rage 2, because um, last week I was a little bit... Um, 
pleasantly surprised with it i guess or, or you guys had really really good discussion i liked hearing you guys yeah. talk about that and you're it definitely you added you like added it to like my like mental wish list for like a, a good black friday buy. Oh, you know like yeah. when, when i'm a little less backlogged and like it's 40 bucks right. or something you know um so basically general closing thoughts on that game are just that it's really fun like to engage in combat like the shooting in it is it, it's almost doom levels of quality uh, it's it, okay. and like the feedback you get from when you shoot an enemy is really satisfying. Like you shoot them and then like this. No, I don't know if there's like a noise that happens, but uh, like some the combination of like the the audio cues and what happens on screen are so satisfying when you shoot enemies. But I'm hearing everybody talk about how good the shotgun. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody, it's, it just feels so good. But it's an open world game, right? It's an avalanche game, so obviously they do open worlds, and it's it's just not fun. Like. Every time, here, here's what I said in my review, something to the effect of every time I would finish a, a, a section, you know, that involves gun combat or whatever, I would be met with two feelings. One was, is satisfaction, like I just described. Two mm-hmm. is dread, because it means that I have to get in my car and now drive to the next area. And the driving... So the driving's not Driving's fun. not fun. The open world is not fun. And, like, it's really short, surprisingly. And for me, like, I think that's fine. Like, I I like short games. But to other people who are maybe wanting, like, a lot of bang for their buck, I think it's kind of hard to justify a $60 price tag on this when you can beat the campaign. According to my clock, it said something like seven hours or something, you know? So, okay. So, so a question I have, too, about this is I was seeing a lot of um, uh, anticipation for this for people that were like wanting like Mad Max and Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Is that what this is or no? Kinda. It's Mad kind it's of? Mad Max and Borderlands, but not as good as either of them. <laughs> actually, okay, so if you're wanting Borderlands quality, this no, no, is not yeah. it. It's actually But if you're wanting Borderlands genre, like as a good like loot shooter Diablo kind of yeah, shooter, then this I think, is that. Okay. And I don't know that it's loot shooter. I mean I guess that there's there is loot in that you, you know, scavenge for parts and things like that. But yeah, it's Doom meets Borderlands meets Mad Max meets you know, whatever. Insert any open world game. I mean it pretty much So it's mostly open world Doom but not as good except for the shooting is there. Yeah, exactly. So So it sounds like it'd almost be better if it was level based. That's what I was thinking too. The whole time I was playing I'm like would would this be would this work if it were level based like just put me there i don't want to drive yeah yeah uh and and oh another thing too the menus and like upgrade systems are so freaking convoluted and complicated like like there's like a and and when you when you're navigating the menus there's like a a delay every time you hit the like over button like to move over to the next menu and it's i know that's like a nitpicky thing but when you're when the combat feels no it's a very good yeah it's a good when the combat feels so fast and fluid and then you jump it. You're like, oh, cool! I got a thing to upgrade my weapon. And then you go into the upgrade menu, and it's so slow and just a slog. Well, and that that can be a deal breaker for me for an open world game because if I'm getting new equipment and new stuff, it should be exciting to mess right. with that, not and like it's, a chore. And it's not. So there's that. Yeah, um, final two things. I know uh, we want to wrap up here. Final two things. I've been playing Ace Attorney Phoenix Wright uh, on the Switch. Uh, it's a you know it's a remaster, I guess, of the old uh, Phoenix Wright games, which came out on the DS, I believe, and Game Boy Advance. Had you played them before? Yeah, now? I played one of them. I think the first one on 3DS. I, I, okay, but not not yeah, a lot. Yeah. This is mostly your first time. Yeah, yeah. I consider this my first time because I'd only done like the first couple cases. Um, the game's really cool. Okay. It's. It, cool. it does, like, my, my hang-up with the sleuthing genre is tough because it's, like, it's hard to get that balance right of you feeling mm-hmm. like you actually figured something out and the game just, like, telling you what the answer is without telling you, you know? So yeah, I feel like sleuthing games are just already at a disadvantage from a design point of view. But, yeah, yeah. man, it's really cool. It's hard to get that balance yeah. right. And yeah. it's a great, like... Uh, balance between that and like doom and or not doom sorry uh, that and rage and you know this other game i've been playing right now which is very action uh heavy so uh it's it's a great game to play like you know just something different and i think if you have a switch and you're wanting to play something more relaxing uh just quick synopsis for those who don't know you're you play as a um an attorney and you you know you do like investigating and you um you know uh talk through the trial and and figure out who did who did what it's it's a sleuthing game so yeah really cool if you have a switch it's like 30 bucks i recommend it 
Um, final game I wanted. Cool, I'll add to my wish list. I was, uh, the reason I was asking if it was your first one is because I never played it and I was kind of wondering yeah. you know, how that is as, a, as an entry point, you know, because they look fun. They yeah, look fun. and I think if you can get it on sale for like 20 bucks or something, definitely grab it. It's, oh man, and it's so funny, cool. the writing. It's just weird and it's, it's kind of like everybody's golf in a way and that the humor is just so outlandish, but it's still pretty good, it's still funny. Um, cool. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to check it yeah, out. Yeah. And then final thing, um, before we close the show, I've been playing a game that is very, very near and dear to my heart. It is super nostalgic. Probably the most, like when I think of nostalgic games, it's this game. And that is Grand Theft Auto 3. <laughs> um, I was sort of in this mood the other day of like, oh, I want to play something action heavy, but not anything new where I have to think too hard and not anything like too big. And I'm like, what about Grand Theft Auto 3? And yeah, man, this game, it's a game that I know in and out. I don't even need to look at the map to play it. I just, I know where everything is already. And I don't know, you said you've never played this game before, right? Yeah, I've only played, the only Rockstar games I've played are like for more than an hour or two mm -hmm. are probably uh, GTA Five and LA Noir, which I know is just published by Rockstar. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I haven't played GTA Three other than like, you know, uh, it was it was one of those first like sandbox games. Yeah, you know, it was from like when that era blew up. So I played a little bit of it, but you know, I didn't really like play the story. Okay. You know? Well, and the thing is, is the, I totally acknowledge that the, most of the reason I enjoy this game still to this day is for nostalgic purposes. I I totally get that. Um, and so if you're somebody who hasn't played this game, I don't know that you would enjoy it as much jumping into it basically for the first time now, especially when so many open world games do everything this game does and better. Um, and obviously, you know, time hasn't been kind in many ways, but I don't know. I feel like, I feel like maybe it's still worth playing if nothing else to just like put yourself in the mindset of somebody playing this game in 2001. <laughs> you know, which is, God, well, 18 years, this game's 18 years old, and I remember getting this with my PS2, and dude, seriously, I was, I, I was blown away as an understatement. When playing this game as a however old, eight years old, I guess I was, probably not supposed to be playing a game called Grand Theft Auto, right? <laughs> but, man, <laughs> I, th that, that was my life, playing this game, and it was so funny, too, because I remember when I first got it, um, I didn't know memory cards were a thing. Like I didn't, I just totally forgot about that. And I had made all this progress. I'd gotten to the second island in one sitting. And then I realized that, you know, I had to turn the system off, whatever. And then I, I didn't think anything of it, turned it off, came back. And it was like, okay, new game. What? Because oh, I didn't have bummer. a memory card. Because I guess the PS1 memory cards don't work with the PS2, something like that. Which was so yeah, silly. Yeah. They should have. But anyway... Uh, in closing thoughts, I don't know that I would recommend this now, but if you're somebody who played this and loved it back in the day, yeah, I think. I am tempted to check it out, though, because I think it's one of those PS2 and PS4 it ports, It is, yeah, right? yeah. So, like, it, so it's like 20 or less if yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. on sale. Yeah, and like the controls are, you know, PS2 controls. It, there's no right stick uh, camera control on it. So it's mm. just like, there are lots of things that are wrong with it, but yet I still have a smile on my face the entire time I play it. So. And I... I think that a lot of early open world games, and I think a lot of early sandbox games, actually age kind of well from a uh, gameplay loop uh, standpoint, because I feel like games were were just getting to the point where they were big for the sake of being big, but not quite. Mm -hmm. You know, so I feel like I feel like uh, games that were open world and sandbox in their earliest kind of. Uh, um, defined form back when we when they first figured out okay this is a sandbox game this is an open world game uh when they were and when the genre was as and when it's in when it's it was in its infancy uh words are tough i feel like uh, uh it it was more they were more respectful of your time you know i feel like there wasn't as many like just this is just big because it's big and i think part of that was due to technological constraints because they couldn't make them too big quote unquote you know right but when i when i've gone back and played like older like quote unquote like big open world games like i feel like they've 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 aged pretty well like they're not overly massive or like overwhelming so like that 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 part is appealing too right so yeah it's just like a fun little thing and it just makes me happy and it just reminds me of my childhood so that's i just i wanted some, something like that to play throughout the weekend just relaxing and again not having to think too hard <laughs> So yeah. cool. Um, that's everything I've been playing, and I guess that wraps us up for episode twenty-three. 
thanks for joining me today, uh, Josh. Um, yeah, yeah, it was fun. I was, uh, it was good to get to catch up. We didn't get to. Yeah, talk I know you were you weren't week. here last week. And then obviously during E3, I'm not going to be here. So one of you guys is going to have to, um, you know, man the ship while I'm gone. So uh, I, I, I expect you guys will do fine. <laughs> so cool. And we'll have you feed feed us exclusive insider information on your E3 uh, journey. If I even have a chance to like sit down and <laughs> or, or eat or breathe, yeah, yeah. Even last. Are you actually uh, are you actually hoteling it up with Thomas? Yeah, I am. Yeah, dude, I'm that's staying, gonna be that's gonna I'm be fucking cool. With uh, with uh, PlayStation bras. The I was laughing so hard on Twitter when when he was like, we should hang out, and then you responded with LOL, <laughs> and you were like, we're. Room. <laughs> yeah yeah so that'll be fun um cool yeah you guys will have to take some pictures and like i don't know play some games together because you guys that'd be a fun that'd be a fun uh duo yeah, yeah. You know? especially guys, since we yeah. we seem like we're so different like i'm tiny and he seems like this big bearded guy or whatever so uh, he's like kratos and you're nathan drake <laughs> well i would even go i would say he's like kratos and i'm like atreus like i'm not i don't think i've earned nathan drake status yet Okay, so he's Kratos and you are Crash. That's Candy a little Goo. bit better, I think. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. So, cool. That's been episode uh, 23. Uh, uh, as a reminder, of course, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, all these places. And again, we're working on expanding for that. And we've got some stuff in the works. We've got our Patreon coming, hopefully, soon. And maybe some other project as well, like... Uh, and I, I donate to a, a couple podcast lists to a Patreon, so I just want to make sure you everyone knows. I've, obviously, Joseph and Chris and I are being very conscious of, like, we want to make sure that the $1 tier, of course, is just like a, you know, thank you. But we want to make sure anything beyond that is uh, is is a very good value for you. Like, we, we definitely w- wouldn't want to ask, you know, for a couple bucks for right. nothing. So we'll make sure that we've got some good stuff for yep. y'all. So, uh, Josh, where can people find you online when you're not hosting Active Post? Uh Twitter. And Mr. Josh Nichols and uh, Twitch. Uh, it's been so busy lately, but Jerkjer77. Uh, I didn't want to stream Life is Strange. This was my first time playing it, and I wanted to be able to hesitate and not be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'll be streaming something soon, hopefully. And you can find me um, writing news at PlayStation Lifestyle, of course, and on Twitter at Joseph Yaden. Uh, like I said, I've got my Everybody's Golf review, which will be live by the time you hear this, um, and probably some other features and, of course, news in the works, too. And we'll, we'll link that in the show notes for anyone that wants to check out that review, yeah, too. Yeah, I'll let you guys know when that goes live. Um, cool. So thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next week for E3 predictions and maybe a guest uh, host as well. We'll see what happens with that. So take care, everybody. Bye.